Hey, welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting, and all sorts of music. Let's get to it. listening to this week um man i've just had a crazy bunch of last weeks i feel like so that yeah. uh <laughs> been i feel listening to crazy not crazy not crazy last one. weeks no that's charles barkley the basketball yeah. uh today though i put on my discover weekly on spotify and it does not know me anymore oh no <laughs> like, oh, man. i don't you've know been what listening happened to all of my songs that you've been cutting down <laughs> maybe <laughs> but like i I can't even, I don't even know. Like, I was putting stuff on, and I was just disliking pretty much everything oh, no. <laughs> that it offered me, which I also don't do very often, so I guess it hasn't really had an opportunity to learn that kind of stuff. Um, but the first one that I put on of it was, it's called Peggy by Orchards. <laughs> And I only listened to it the one time, but I was like, this is pretty good. And then just got sidetracked by all the bad ones that came after it. So I don't <laughs> remember a whole lot about what this sounded like. If I if I remember right, it's kind of like math rocky, um, but with the female vocalist, which doesn't happen cool. that often. So yeah. like, that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, everything else was like just, just a bunch great. of butts. Like, that's that's sad. Usually, Discover Weekly does a pretty good job. Yeah. I, my daily I mixes think are so. Mine mine's not that great really? either. Really? Oh, I never man. like. I get one out of every ten recommendations. I listen to every song. Mm-hmm. One out of ten, I'm I'm actually enjoying. Yeah. And I will go back and listen to it again. But I'm I'm kind of like hit or miss on whether I actually get around to listening to it during the week. Yeah. But usually yeah. when I do, it, there's like four or five songs that I'm like, oh, this is really. There's cool. an My, extension yeah. you can download for your Spotify, and it's a uh, Rediscover. It's called Rediscover. Mm. Somebody like I found it on Reddit. Uh, mm. It will save all of your Discover Weeklies. Huh. So oh, if you don't get around cool. to listening to it one day, and just go back I, like three weeks later or whatever. I think part of the problem is like doing stuff for this, or since you know I play with uh, my father-in-law's yeah. band sometimes. I think some of that like gets thrown into the algorithm and it confuses yeah. it instead of compartmentalizing it like the daily mixes do. Cause those mm. actually, at least my daily mix one, two, yeah. three, and four, they're all actually things that I listen to within their own genres. And then five is like the Eagles, Leonard Skinner. Uh, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, that I happened to me. I'm not going to listen. I, I played a wedding uh, a couple years ago and everything that was for that wedding was either like from a twilight soundtrack or like <laughs> oh, really bad country yeah and so and there were like 10 or 15 songs on this on this set list that they wanted me to learn and i think i played like three of them yep but i learned all the songs and listened to them a bunch on spotify and man yeah one of my daily mixes was just ruined <laughs> for like six months mm. <laughs> yeah that happened at some point with uh Ashley had a YouTube account and then deleted it or something and then it merged into mine's like all just video game stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then randomly I had like beauty bloggers or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. I yeah, was like, also I watch don't a Zoella care. video. Yes, and then exactly. Yeah. Zoella, indeed. You got to keep the YouTube watches at like a good level. Otherwise, like if you watch too many gaming videos, then mm-hmm. you're not, then that's all you get yep. anymore. It's like, Similarly, mm, when my sister was here, she would, she with. was listening to, would have like yoga mixes or something like uh, that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'd start getting these recommendations for like, here's this two hour long yoga thing. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, well, no just, thanks. Like, soundscape noises or like, I, I guess. Ambient. I don't really know. I didn't yeah. listen to it. So it's mostly just what Chad's doing. Oh, I'm f- Can we become <laughs> ASMR? <laughs> we joke about it like every third week, so fair. Yeah, why not? But that's uh, what I've been yeah. listening to. Uh, also, I was on my way home. I put on the Contortionists album, um, Language, again, from 2014, that I've probably talked about before. But man, it's good. Nice. <sighs> yeah, it just is. That's all. Yeah, I so I was listening to another podcast this week um, because I do that a lot. Uh, I know, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but me. they uh, mentioned an artist named Wednesday Campanella. I had never heard of Wednesday Campanella before, uh, but they played a clip of a song that they did with churches, Chiverches, Chiverches, <laughs> Chiverches, and it was super dope. Uh, Wednesday Campanella is a Japanese artist who does a lot of like kind of rap, but with Japanese influence, but it's still really cool sounding. It doesn't sound like really sweet, sugary J-pop all the time. Like mm. it actually has a neat beat and a really nice like pulse to it and some really good like you know western electronic music kind of feel to it sometimes um but it is 100 percent in japanese well i'll say 90 percent in japanese but they'll throw like the odd english line in every now and then uh-huh. um but her regular stuff is all like that kind of like j pop ish rock rap not rock not rock at all a uh, rap <laughs> thing i wanted to say rap and rock came out of my mouth um, mm-hmm. but the church the Traverse's song is really cool because it's like very british electronic music mixed with that like japanese element and it's super cool it's really dope it's got a really nice like just generic anime music video and it's hmm. just really cool it's just hmm. super uh listenable just really fun and yeah i don't know so it's like it's got a neat beat female lead mm-hmm. rap yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, of the a... other thing about Winston Campanella. Yes, she is very odd, and their mm-hmm. music videos are buck wild. Um, also, their songs are usually about really weird stuff. <laughs> so it sounds <laughs> but really in Japanese. So you don't. Really yeah. Know. Yeah. So no, you, you just don't have like no idea. Hear, it sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah. But if you watch any of her videos online, definitely watch them with subtitles because this, you will learn that she is just rapping about the weirdest stuff. Um, <laughs> like for instance, they have a song called Aladdin. That is really cool, but it's mostly about a like anti-rust cleaning product called oh. Aladdin and oh, like a okay. hardware store. Perfect. And, yeah, huh. it, it's very odd. It, the whole thing, she's like dancing through a bowling alley, and it's a really cool sounding song, <laughs> but it's mostly about a cleaning product and like one couple of verses yeah. about like Aladdin and Agrabah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's very random. Man. <laughs> but, hey, man, if it sounds good, like. The, the yeah. words put together, the I beats mean, or the fr- what is the bars, the beats and the bars, <laughs> the beats and the bars. It sounds that's like my... we're gonna have a sex talk about music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, 
Well, I don't remember what I was going to say. Um, but I was going to have we ever talked about just the fact that you mentioned anime? Do you, I can't remember. Do you guys watch anime at all? I have uh, I have past. a limited I've, scope. I've read more more recently than I've watched. Gotcha. Anime. Yeah. Um, I so I just started watching fairly recently a couple different ones, and the trope of changing theme song every season is like cool, but also like. St- Stop it! Really I didn't jarring. Know that they did that. I don't oh, yeah. know. I don't know how um, oh. far spread it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, namely, I was I started with My Hero Academia, and the first season I was like, man, part of this theme song is really dope, and I really liked it. And mm-hmm. then second season starts, and then it's just entirely different. And I was like, what's going on? And then by the end of the season, I was like, okay, yeah, I can really dig this. And then third season comes around, it's a completely different theme song again. <laughs> it's just really confusing. I feel like part I, of that, yeah. it, part of that is probably because most of the time with at least the anime that I've seen and a lot of what I've watched consistently, like each new arc that happens, they usually change the intro completely. Like yep. it's, oh, it's, yeah, not, yeah, it's totally. not even the same animation. Completely. Like, yeah. They change all the scenes. It becomes much more like centric to that arc. And I guess while they're doing that, they're like, eh, we might as well just yeah. do a new song for that. That's probably If right. we're reanimating the whole thing, mm-hmm. might as well. So, when you were talking about Wednesday Campanella, I was thinking, and it's probably not even close to similar, but uh, of the artist Poppy. Are you guys familiar with Poppy, Poppy. at all? Is that the troll from Trolls? <laughs> I mean, it is the troll from Trolls. True. True. No, I, no matter might, what you say, it's correct. But she might be an internet troll. She's like a YouTube sensation, I think. Who's also like a music is she kind of edgy, or would you say she's kind of so, so she's like I. I think it's I don't know if she's Japanese, but her whole gimmick is very like Japanese inspired. She's got like long pink wig, like little petite girl, and she does these YouTube videos that are like. A lot of times, they're I guess they're songs, but not really. It's just kind of like noises in the background, and she's explaining like how she's a robot and oh, stuff cool. like that. Um, but she's got like this very young sounding voice, I guess. Uh, and then like you go to watch a live video of her, and she does like electro pop, huh. which yeah, I mean it's a it's a weird thing. I don't know. Cool. My friend told me about him, and definitely uh, gonna look that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, apparently, the videos have a tendency to put people in trance. Like if you oh, wow. if you watch them, like you just get mesmerized by them. Um, because they're so like hypnotizing. Uh, I watched a couple of those videos, mm-hmm. and I guess I just wasn't in it enough. But <laughs> yeah. I just thought, wow, this is this is how people are becoming famous now. Well, uh, I bet there's some substances that probably would have helped you get probably, into a more trance-like yeah. state watching this. Probably some milk, maybe some milk, yeah, some warm milk with a little some... bit of honey in it. <laughs> mm. What about you, good sir? What are you been listening to now? I've been going back and listening to Pond this week. Australia, they're psychedelic rock band that I got into a little bit back in college um, because of another band that I was very fond of at the time, and there's a very good reason for that. But I actually this week went back and thought, you know, I need to give these guys a real chance because I've heard so many like uh, things about them. Like they're first of all, this is a criminally underrated psychedelic rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys were formed in 2008. Uh, and they're still putting out records now, um, but I, I went back and listened to particularly their album uh, Beards, Wives, Denim, and it is an absolute banger, man. This this album is pure psychedelic rock, and I would argue that it is probably one of the best psychedelic rock albums out there. Um, and there's there's a reason that I kind of 
got to know these guys a little bit uh, is because their original drummer and slash co-writer of songs and producer uh, was Kevin Parker, who left the band in 2012 to pursue his own oh. act, Tame Impala. Yeah, that uh-huh. makes sense. So uh, I wondered if it was going to be connected to that. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he but he still produces all of their albums today, even though he's not an active member of the band anymore. Uh, but if you go back and listen to some of those early albums, there's like their first three in particular. The Tame Impala influence is incredible. I mean, like it's it's almost a shame that you know. Tame Impala got the recognition that they did um, with you know albums like Lonerism or Currents in 2015, and Pond just kind of fell by the wayside because these guys are seriously good. I mean, mm. every one of their songs is just rooted in like heavy Zeppelin-like guitar riffs and like really good like mel- melodic vocals and running bass lines throughout every song, and everything's built on like a good, good, solid, chunky riff. Um, and listening to Kevin Parker play drums on those early albums is is neat to hear because the drums are almost sloppy, uh, and just listening to those like because uh, they're wild, you know, they're yeah. like more like John Bonham. And then you go and listen to Currents from three years ago, the Tame Impala record, and it's the most like contained in the pocket <laughs> drums that you'll ever hear on a Psych record. Um, but yeah, there's there's as, as good as the Tame Impala albums are, there's still like a a bit of pop influence behind them and like kind of Beatles inspired and stuff like that. And Pond is definitely like their own thing. I mean, I would argue that, you know, Tame Impala is probably the best psych band since Pink Floyd, but like Pond is right up there with them. And it's, it's sad how criminally underrated this band is. And I, I, I really, really love them. Um, I would definitely recommend checking out that album, Beards, Wives, Denim, particularly the opening track, uh, Fantastic Explosions of Time. Uh, but all all the songs on it are good. It's just it's just an album that moves. I mean, and each song is pretty lengthy, so it's not like you know a short album, which yeah. means it's it takes up a good chunk of time. But <laughs> it's good. There's a lot of like really smooth breakdowns in it, like just halftime hits mm. and like you know a lot of just cutouts and then like big explosions, just like the song. Yeah. That's but a genre I do explosions. not know much about, so I'll definitely have to check that out to get a better. Mm-hmm. It's good. I mean, it's it's one of the things that like uh, th- this whole resurgence of psychedelic influences in in mainstream music was definitely something that helped me, you know, grow and and further my knowledge in modern stuff mm-hmm. because I loved bands like Pink Floyd and yep. the Beatles, and I thought that all that stuff was dead, all those psychedelic <laughs> yeah. influences, and to hear all that stuff come back in the like mid 2000s and whatnot. It was definitely a big deal for me. So, All right, so tonight we're going to talk about gooey, taffy, lovely, oh God. <laughs> squishy, caramelly ear candy. <laughs> like without the ear part, that sounds good and all. And as soon as you put it in the context of ear, I was just thinking wax the whole time. We're going to talk about ear wax. Yeah. <laughs> Waxy ear candy. Cleaning uh, it out of your eye. All right, moving along. <laughs> so, ear candy. Matt, yeah, what ear is your candy? This was your topic. Boy, you picked I, it. You know, I, I thought I knew. You just kind of threw it out there and then just didn't say anything I about it. I thought I knew so. what it was, and I really didn't. Oh. Uh, Did you, like, Google it and Google gave you a way different answer or something? Yeah, so... It's not something that I ever sat down and really analyzed. Like, mm, yes, this song consists of good ear candy. Uh, I I just kind of thought it meant like something neat within a song that makes you go, ooh, makes you like, 
into the song it makes your attention more Mm -hmm. into the song i guess i don't know i never really stopped to consider what it was and i did some research and basically everyone has a different opinion of it (laughs) but at the end of the day well before you say what everybody else's is Uh say what your well okay that's what yours was first chad what was your or what's yours that's kind of what i went with like maybe not super out front parts of songs but like just some little part of the song that, mm-hmm. that makes uh a, what would be like maybe an okay part or a whatever part into something like oh i like this now yep. because of like one little thing in it yeah that's kind of what I, I think that's about where i am too where it's yeah something that's in the background that you don't necessarily notice if it weren't there it wouldn't change what's going on in the mm-hmm. song necessarily like it's but it's it not would make structural me like it less. yes yeah. right it's not structural to the song but it's something kind of buried down in there that you can pick out and be like oh listen to that thing i, mm-hmm. I never even noticed that before um which some i will note i will note in this episode probably you'll want to listen with like earbuds or pretty good volume. In, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Cause a lot of these might be kind of harder to hear if you just have it like on your iPhone. Yeah. That's you know, true. IPhone two of mine will be very hard to hear unless you have it at a pretty good volume. Yeah. So be warned about yeah. that. It'll still be, I mean, we'll talk about the things <laughs> and maybe you'll be able to hear them. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, the, a good definition would be like candy. It's like, it's <laughs> nice to have, in but it's not a full meal, but it's not a full meal. Yep. Right. Uh, that's kind of what I thought your candy was. And then I really couldn't, I guess, I guess I just let the internet get the best of me. You <laughs> can't always like, believe the your internet. Your candy is just good tunes, man. <laughs> what? It's just good oh, tunes. No, yeah. I'm I like, think uh, that's like 40 year old men who are yeah. like, oh, I have this misunderstanding my whole life, but now <laughs> I need to tell people about it so that it's not like I'm the crazy I mean, one. for, for whatever it's worth to having gone to school for audio production, specifically audio production teachers had pretty mm-hmm. much the same definition that we all mentioned where yeah. it's just like it's a little stuff that's buried in the mix so mm-hmm. it's within a production kind of side or whatever most Mindset. of the time um as opposed to yeah just like good songs like songs that sound good because that's just that's not that's interesting nothing. just call it a banger <laughs> yeah right yeah. exactly um yeah yeah and i don't know i think i i fear that some of my picks may have been better served for a topic like nope, they're perfect good production value or something <laughs> like that which is definitely something we could get mm-hmm. into sometime but yeah. uh i do think that 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 for the most part my my picks would you would consider ear candy and one of them has a lot to do with audio engineering i think so mm-hmm. we'll get to that when we when we do the cool. thing but uh who wants to start i'll okay i'm gonna start us off with uh probably our least favorite pick of the night oh <laughs> it'll Don't be that Sorry, I got a bubble in my throat. I was just drinking some water and bubbled on up. So this was, uh, I think it was this song specifically, but I don't know exactly. Uh, My second example today is actually going to be the one where I first kind of picked up on it myself, where I was like, that's what your candy is, kind of. (laughs) Um, But the first one is going to be just kind of to get it out of the way in a class i think senior year of college my professor dan pfeiffer pointed out this did you have dan pfeiffer uh, i never had a class for, with dan but mm-hmm. i knew of dan from yeah. literally everybody else that i knew who yeah. had a class with dan he's like a quirky guy but super cool he's mm. he's awesome um didn't he write one of the like midi books or something or was uh, that no that was eight uh, that was Aiken? michelle Aiken. 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 yeah um anyway. he did he, he did something though one of our 
um, one of our teachers had a Grammy for something, John Hill. I don't remember what he got it for, but he got a Grammy. So I was like, cool. I did see, I know this is a random aside. And this is literally <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say about it. the guy who taught my, or the advanced Pro Tools class, mm-hmm. uh, whose name literally just left me. I randomly saw him on a YouTube commercial for some like plug-in thing recently. Oh. And it was like, oh, what oh, did the guy oh. look like? He had like really uh, curly, like big Tim hair. Tim Hall? No, it wasn't no. Tim Hall. Oh, Tim Hall was like metalhead. Yeah. Tim, yeah. Man, Tim Hall was really cool. I had him for like beginning Pro Tools, yeah. but uh no it was oh man i can't remember that guy's name now um it doesn't i don't know i guess we'll find out never <laughs> <laughs> so uh this was one that it, the, the class was a production class it was actually two split up you were in this class with somebody else maybe oh, maybe you weren't um but there was a production and an engineering class uh that were kind of side by side okay yeah and so there were a bunch of students that were doing specifically the engineering side and then a bunch doing specifically the production side but they worked in tandem so like my friend wyatt was on the engineering one and i was in the producing one and we worked on the same projects together but kind of overseeing different sides of it so that was that was fun and um and dan pfeiffer used i think this song to give an example of like this specifically is the pre-chorus of the same song and i'm gonna play it first the first pre-chorus and then the second pre-chorus so you know when it comes in before the first chorus and when it comes in before the second chorus Mm. and so it's just kind of like the flow of the song and how it kind of has small elements that are in there where it's i mean it's the exact same thing you know it's copy paste 90 percent of it or i don't know 75 percent of it sorry take that back <laughs> copy paste 100 percent from the first bit but then you just add in extra little things mm-hmm. so the whole song feels like it's building mm-hmm. instead of it feeling like flat you know just copying the exact same you bit from earlier you were going to hear exactly first, like, yeah it's like and... okay you've gotten accustomed to this we can throw in some extra little bits now because you don't have to be focused on the main bits anymore so the song <laughs> is teenage dream by Katy perry mm-hmm. um and which honestly gets stuck in my head all the time and i kind of i really i I quite wish it didn't they got to you man (laughs) nevertheless yeah um and again if you're not listening in like a in earbuds or like a decent stereo it might be kind of hard to hear it but actually i took the i took the two pre-choruses and then just had it crossfade right in the middle so it'll actually go the first half of it will be from the first one, and then the second half of it, you, you'll hear that it'll get a little bit louder in certain bits, specifically the drums. And so the drums are louder and different. Um, they're kind of more pulsing from coming out of the chorus. So that's a thing. Uh, some other things to listen to are there's like a tiny little string pad that's in the background, just like <laughs> holding out some notes. Uh, and there's also, there might be more things in this, but the three that I noticed were, yeah, the louder drums, the little string bit, and when she's singing, there's a little tiny harmony, like keyboard thing Mm. that's just playing the exact harmony of what she's singing, but it's also really quiet. But they're all things that like just add up Mm -hmm. to make it a little bit fuller and feel like there's momentum happening. So yeah. Interesting. I'll go ahead and play it and we'll- uh, Let's go all the way tonight. No regrets, just love. Okay. Was that obvious yeah. at all? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much the drums come in like with snare and everything, yeah. and that's yeah. where the change happened. Yeah. Yeah. The little like high synth was nice. It just it filled out a lot of yep. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
No, I feel you. So there you go. That's, uh, I mean, not a whole lot to uh, really dissect on that. I mean, well, technically speaking, there's a lot you could dissect in just the whole well, song. Sure. And, right. you know, other ear candy bits throughout. Pop music especially is yeah, typically notorious for ear candy kinds of things because they have like million dollar budgets. Right. For they one spend song. a lot of time. They also have a, a lot of people of behind the scenes. Yes. Like there's how many production engineers are involved in making a song like for that? like one Taylor Swift song? It's like ten. No joke. <laughs> like that is not a lot, and yeah. which is unreal to me. But that's I mean. That's just the way it is. She can pay that many people like yeah. power to her. <laughs> if the songs are making that much money, you can afford to pay ten people to add a synth yep. string part in the yeah. background. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was that was the first one where I think from a uh, you know professional production side, somebody pointed out yeah. those kinds of things. So uh, it just kind of stuck with me. I think that to kind of have yeah have that stuff keep coming back through. Uh, throughout the song and having it build overall so that it's not the exact same thing. And there's always something new to latch onto no matter what's happening, um, which is good. I think that's interesting. You mentioned, you know, professional production. Uh, I think that's a way that you can often tell if a song was professionally produced or how many production people were behind it because you can hear those little tidbits that, you know, if you're in a band and you're writing a song with the band, you don't necessarily have time or like the creative input to mm-hmm. say like, Oh, let's add just this little flutter thing here. Especially if you know, you're a band member that's mixing it and producing it. Uh, so yeah, you can, you often get those and there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, you, you get those like a little, those little flourishes that mm-hmm. just make the song maybe subconsciously better <laughs> and different. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, because yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be listening for that. You're listening to the vocals in that right. song. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's where you're, you're supposed to go and mm-hmm. everything else is just background noise. So, yeah. and that's definitely not a bad yeah. thing. And it just, but, it helps it fill it out too. And mm-hmm. that's something I'll get to that with my next one a little bit. Um, but I think that's that's something interesting with it where, again, you don't need that string part to do it. Obviously, right. the first time it didn't have it, but the second time it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really adding anything to the support structure of the song, but it's still you know adding something yeah. on top of that. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. that's it on that one. So yeah, for my first one, I kind of also went a little more electronic. Uh, this is a song, this is a trip hop song that... I've listened to so many times at this point, uh, and it's really one of the, one of the only songs that I know by this group. Uh, this is a trip hop group that was very popular in the early and mid two thousands, and they produced a song that was, became very very popular thanks to a certain show, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but I my my I guess gut reaction when I heard you know ear candy and was thinking of ear candy was this song because I think this song has so many elements that are that just make it so innately good and when i say innately like it it's just it's natural for this like i I don't know i anybody who says you know this is not a good song is probably lying because (laughs) this song just has so many parts to it that make it like humanly important or like attractive Mm -hmm. um so we'll listen to you know the 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 drums kind of started off uh, and then the you'll hear like a little harpsichord synth thing come in, uh, but the drums, uh, the kick is doing a very rhythmic, uh, familiar rhythmic thing. There, I mean, it's it's sound of a harpy. It's and it keeps that that same beat throughout the entire song, which you know humans love the sound of 
heartbeats and and you know that easy to follow rhythm. Um, and then the when the vocals kick in, um, it's it's a very soft female vocal happening, and it sounds very like it almost sounds like a lullaby, like somebody singing you to sleep, uh, and which just fits so nicely on top of the like very traditional harpsichord things uh, going on. But then there's also this very deep piano that that will kick in. Um, and yeah, we'll play a little bit of it, but this is Massive Attack, Teardrop. recognize what show that was from nope sure don't i'm sure somebody at <laughs> at home listening did. screaming at their car windshield about <laughs> yeah. it. it's, from, it's from the show i'm not even gonna say the name of the show just to make people angry it's from house okay oh. <laughs> i was like well now i'm curious he's from not Dr. angry i never really did either i think i've seen all in all five or six episodes of it yeah that's where i'm at um it just seems like a very mean show with yeah. a very mean person. Have you ever seen, <laughs> it is unrelated mostly, have you seen the show Blackadder at all? No. Or know about it or whatever? About it, yeah. It's funny just because watching it, so Hugh Laurie and um, Rowan Atkinson are the main characters in it. And Rowan Atkinson is largely known for Mr. Bean. Yep. And Hugh Laurie is now largely known for for being House. And House is very serious and Mr. Bean is very silly. And in Blackadder, it's entirely the opposite where, well, Rowan Atkinson isn't serious, but he's very smart and like straight face capable. Yes, very capable. And so he's like, it's a lot of, you know, very degrading jokes to other people kinds of Mm. things, but they don't realize because he's so highbrow and he's like underclass. He's the servant type class. Um, Most mm. of the time working for the Hugh Laurie character. Who's very, I don't even know (laughs) that kind of a thing. And so Rowan Atkinson is always like, well, one must not know in these kinds of situations Mm. or whatever. And, uh, it's just really funny because that's entirely backwards from you know what it <laughs> very, is. Very, very British humor. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Lower class making fun of upper class. Mm-hmm. Monty Python kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Another fun fact: Hugh Laurie is British. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and of, plays a lot, a lot of, of blues House music. Fans may have not known that. He yeah, does, he is. Yeah. He's a he's a uh, an accomplished blues player. Mm-hmm. He plays piano. Scott Bakula also, also plays, plays guitar. Some, he plays guitar yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. Scott, Scott Bakula, Bakula plays uh, some good piano. There's a couple episodes of Quantum he Leap. sings in literally everything that he's ever in. <laughs> Does he? And, yeah. <laughs> Scott Bakula like, must have it in a contract uh, somewhere where he's just funny. like, if I'm going to be on something, I'm going to sing Which at I least one Which I think is still episode. my favorite part of the Star Wars Christmas special, the fact that... Um, <laughs> Uh, Carrie Fisher was like, I'm only going to do it if I can sing. <laughs> it turned out to be the worst thing ever. But uh, to the worst song. thing ever, as if the whole thing weren't a train yeah. wreck. Oh, no, no, no yeah. that's what I mean. The whole no, thing it was, was the worst thing. Until Carrie Fisher started singing. <laughs> oh, man. I, I haven't seen the whole thing of the Christmas oh. special, but I've seen oh. enough of it to, to yeah. know. Yeah. Back yeah. to that thing that you just showed us, though. It was, uh, yeah, I liked, again, it had some things in the background, like the ear candy kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Oftentimes, to me, will be little flourishes here and there, mm-hmm. but this was kind of more like ongoing. Or the one thing that I felt like I would probably have specifically call to your candy was the like. 
kind of thing in the mm. background. Almost like a phaser kind of uh, yeah, sound. But yeah. it was like more Some intentional sort of like than a phaser. Filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah. and the vinyl scratching kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, the vinyl scratching is definitely ear candy. I mean, that's that's so common now that it annoys me. But <laughs> I mean, I, this song came out in, I think, 2001. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't super common back then. Well, vinyl in and of itself was definitely uh, dead back yeah, then. So exactly. yeah, for sure. That now, seems like... I think electronic music in general is something that's usually rife with what you can consider ear candy just because of the nature of it. Like you're taking a very repetitive style of music and to make it interesting the whole time, you have to do like little things or make stuff a little bit interesting. Like I almost brought Toro Mimois so many details again mm-hmm. like because i've had that song on the show before <laughs> and i almost brought it again because that song is just like full of stuff that i would consider ear candy because mm-hmm. it's just like little keyboard parts that are only in there for a second or weird random noises that happen in the background mm-hmm. um and I'm, I'm just going to segue right into what I'm talking about because I also picked an electronic song for my yeah. first one that's <laughs> actually a really popular song and probably the most popular song that I actually kind of like, and it's because... <laughs> what a hipster. I, no, I know. I mean, it's just the way that it is. Like, you listen to... Uh, yeah, I just listen to <laughs> weird music. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is a song by the band Bastille. Um, mm-hmm. they, their two like big songs were Pompeii and Bad Blood, and I actually brought Bad Blood. I, I would consider it to be like my least favorite song on that entire album. Their first album, Bad Blood, is actually really good. It's got a lot of really cool songs, particularly... Uh, Albatross, oh, is that what it's called? Or hung? Uh, it sounds like you don't really like this artist. Yeah, no, I know. There's like two songs on that album that have the same name, but it's like part one and part two. Uh, the weight of living, the weight of living, part one and part two are super good because they happen at like very different parts of the song or different parts of the album. And the first one's super electronic heavy, and then the second one is very stripped back and very like low key, and you don't. They, they only have like one similar melody and it doesn't happen in part two until mm. the very end of the song. I like that a lot. And it's, or it, it, I may have it backwards. They may do part two and then part one later, but it's like the mm-hmm. very end of the song, they get to that melody line and it's like, ugh. <laughs> yes. Ties Thank it all you. together. <laughs> yeah. Man. Anyways, what a this, great feeling. this is the song Bad Blood. Specifically, what I want you to listen for is this is the chorus bit of it. I probably would not care about this song at all if it weren't for this little like boom noise that happens <laughs> in the chorus um it's this little drum pad that they felt they put into the like regular drum beat that does kind of a boom boom and it just happens like at these intervals in the song and it changes a little bit each time and it makes me so happy like every time i hear this song all i can like mime is that little mm-hmm. like 808 hit it's not an 808 like boom but like <laughs> it's kind of a roto tom sort of sound and yeah just listen for that it's fun If you're playing that live, you better not screw that part up. <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, as we were listening to it, Matt said, that is so present. And yeah. that's, yes, very, I, I definitely would have not expected to be yeah. like yeah. right in the, yeah, yeah, right no, in it's, your face. It's pretty out there, but, but, it's, but it sure is. But it's something like, 
I know I've known a lot of people that have said this is my favorite part of the song, and they're like, I've literally never noticed that yeah. until you pointed it wow. out. Wow! And it, it not because like they're just not listening to the song or something no. like that, but if you're only listening to the vocals, yep. that's just going to blend into the overall like mm. drum beat of everything. Yeah. But that specifically, like as part of the drum beat, makes me so happy. <laughs> Which that's an interesting thing to me. We might have talked about this at some point before, but um, listening. I must have mentioned it. Uh, listening to the Break It Down podcast where Matt and Toby from Emory were talking about how they made the album and stuff. And Matt was saying, yeah, after I do all of this stuff, I'll go back in with Shaker and Tambourine on this like post-hardcore Screamo album. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> no, that's not right. And that was a really weird thing of realizing that there's a lot of songs with shaker or tambourine or like these kinds of things that it's just to like help give some kind of girth to it mm-hmm. yeah. of some sort. Some other tambourine. It's not other something than... you're meant to really hear. Right. Or it's pay just a to. texture. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things too, especially if your symbols are washy enough mm-hmm. or if that's what you're going for, you know, but if you have washy symbols, then it, you won't probably need a shaker or tambourine. But if you're mm-hmm. like, sometimes like, it can feel a bit, I don't know, like demotivating or slow or something mm-hmm. to just have it that sparse if you want it to feel more like, uh, I don't know, there's more momentum. So a shaker or a tambourine could work or like a synth that's like, mm-hmm. like yeah. really quietly in the background. Basically something to fill in the space. Yes, yeah, exactly. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But fill in space. Yeah. Just me. enough that it's not, um, that it's not dead, but yeah. also not so much that it's like, all right, like what's going on here? This is way too much stuff mm-hmm. happening. But yeah, that was an interesting revelation to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, here's here's my my thing with that song is that took because I was I was listening for yeah. it. A, it took me out of the song and it it <laughs> felt like it didn't fit, but B, that would not have been even close to as interesting without that part. Oh no, mm, not at all. Very true. The drum part by itself is just like boo boo and it's just nothing like if if that little wasn't in there like i i just probably wouldn't care about this song (laughs) yeah yep and the fact that they both happen on the and like you know not the downbeat they're not on the the one or the two or the three or the four (laughs) well and the very last one like does a different rhythm than all the other ones because it goes like yeah. I know that doesn't sound different at <laughs> all to anybody listening, but it's slightly yeah. more spaced out than all of the other ones. And uh-huh. it's just, yeah, it makes me happy. Happy, happy times. Happy what do you guys think? Do you want to take a quick break? Yeah, let's do and it. And come on back. Meow, 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 meow. And we're back. <laughs> I'm trying out my <laughs> game voice. Yeah. Game, a game what voice? My game voice. Game voice. Game oh, boy. yeah, because game mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense did you think i said gay voice no i was trying to figure out what you meant by game voice i was like i don't are you gonna I'm be in a game or... <laughs> that's really good thanks you're home star i would watch My your show if you hosted yeah. Star. Yeah. Yeah. uh boy let's jump right back into it shall let's we do it i'm Parker, proud of you, you actually real quick. yeah i'll go ahead and i'll jump in uh first of all I very nearly picked something by Polly Enzo. Uh, I, I didn't just because these ones were the ones that I picked instead. <laughs> I picked Teenage <laughs> Dream instead. <laughs> um, no, these all had more like specific stories or whatever I felt like. So that's the thing. But man, side note, if you just are like, I want to listen to something with a lot of ear candy, check out just all of Polly Enzo's album, Pure in the Plastic. And it's just 
they, I feel like, spent so much time just eh, twiddling in some stuff here and there. And, like, I noticed even, like, a lot of times vocals will just have, like, delay put on it where it's mm-hmm. like, here's some delay. It's going to be just a quarter note delay. So, like, mm-hmm. bah, 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 or whatever. And then noticed that the delay is, like, moved around depending on what part of the song, like, to accommodate exactly that bit of the song, at least in the one one example where I was paying attention to it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, just such good stuff. But the one I was going to talk about now was uh, kind of like I referenced earlier. The first time I actually noticed Ear Candy for myself and was more aware of it because I noticed it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I was listening to Summer of... 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> sort of 11th grade or like going into 11th grade, I think. Yeah, something like that. And I was listening to Owl City a bunch and was like getting to a point where as as I was listening through through this album was was had the specific thought, you know what? I'm probably going to be about done with this pretty soon. Like I think I think I'm I've heard about as much of it as I need to or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, a kind of practical sort of thought. Not very, that's not really what I usually think when listening to music. But in any case, <laughs> like right as I was thinking that, I heard some, I mean, thing that later I would understand to be known as ear candy, but heard a little like, whatever, you know, in the background and realized, oh man, there's some stuff going on back there. And then started paying attention in all the songs. And then they all had this ear candy stuff. Um, I mean, we mentioned electronic music lends itself to that really well. Mm-hmm. But that was something where this band was the first one where I just was very aware at some point that there was all this, you know, extra stuff going on that really, like I said before, doesn't need to be there, but helps it just to exist. And so it's something, oh, actually, I'll go ahead and play it first and then I'll, I'll talk about kind of how that implemented into my life afterwards. So this is um, the song On the Wing by Al City off the album I think maybe maybe I'm dreaming I don't remember maybe that's not even an album <laughs> I mixed all this stuff up uh, man alive uh, yep here it is goodbye Mr. Owl. <laughs> How many uh, licks does it take? <laughs> there was, uh, a, I mean, a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, volume-wise, for one thing, that was <laughs> yeah. a lot. I bumped that up apparently earlier. Um, the bit, I couldn't remember how it went ahead of time, but the do 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 or whatever, mm-hmm. like that little bit going on in the background, and then a lot, uh, kind of drum-wise, too. Postal Service does a similar kind of thing where the in within electronica or electronic music as opposed to maybe like hip hop which is a <laughs> you know like fairly straightforward straight to yeah. the point drums mm-hmm. this and postal service has more kind of eclectic stuff where it's like you know yeah it's so it's it's kind of mixing it around a little bit more there's more the, percussion than yeah. just like drums well, and right. chord they'll drums. put effects on the drums so it's not always like drum sounds that you're hearing like the album leaf very specifically yeah almost every single one of their songs has like a <laughs> little like noises that happen in the background man that it's like oh here's a drum beat and then it's got a little like 
<laughs> noises that are happening all around it that sound really cool in context. And when you do it on a microphone with no other context, <laughs> sounds like, is he eating a <laughs> tape recorder? <laughs> Yes, actually. Yeah, I think uh, our interpretations of ear candy are better than real ear candy. It's <laughs> uh, probably true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, I noticed that. And again, I mean, you could kind of pick that apart and whatever part you want to hear is ear candy shirt. You can hear his ear candy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's just, you know, yeah, things going on that aren't, again, like I've said a billion times now, the support structure of the chords and the drums and the vocals like that's all you really need technically but there's all this other stuff and so i think the way that kind of implemented into me was i'm still not good to be perfectly honest at making a mix sound really full with not very much that mix is like fat oh that thing man. is a wall of man sound <laughs> yes um and that's something yeah that i feel like i struggled with for a while and still do to a certain degree um, but the way that I accommodated for it was throwing in more ear candy kind of stuff. So specifically mm-hmm. within the, you know, kind of screamo stuff I was doing back in high school, I'll go back and I don't know. I remember a couple of years ago I was trying to work on some new stuff and I was like, what? Something just feels different between this and that. And I don't really know what it is. Um, and the, I mean, this later stuff was better in a lot of regards, but the earlier stuff just had something else. And then I pulled open one of the tracks and noticed that like, there's like seven guitar tracks. Yeah. Two of them are doing <laughs> like, you know, right panned and left panned and doing the main guitar parts. Mm-hmm. One's doing kind of a leadish bit in the center, mm-hmm. but then there'll be like three or four other guitar parts that I had sort of, I guess in a post-rock kind of way of just like doing some little like, just kind of yeah. atmospheric stuff. Yeah, exactly. Always something going on. Tons of like, reverb yeah. and like just something to kind of fill out that space that I wasn't good at. Yeah. Mostly just because I I'm not good at building tone, and so everything was just each individual part that theoretically through a good amp with a good guitar mic'd well, that one part would be pretty full. But through my Boss GT6, <laughs> uh, you know, distortion pedal kind of thing. It just sounded kind of thin. Well, and this is true about... Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit more just like tech talk than it is even music-related necessarily. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, like, what sounds good in a room yeah. from a guitar tone standpoint doesn't usually sit very well on a mix. Well, like, and mine didn't even sound good in a room because it was going direct in from a well, yeah, sure, sure. But that's kind of my point. Yes, is like, some, no, totally like right. Just because it doesn't sound good by itself doesn't mean it doesn't work well with a mix. And Because, I mean, if you pull out just the guitar track on hundreds of either popular or like just commercial songs in general the guitar tracks by themselves Aren't sound like hot dookie yep. like they sound terrible <laughs> it's crazy it, yeah. it really is crazy because they have to, to cut through mixes yeah you, you can't be overstepping on all these other instruments that are in the same like frequency ranges mm-hmm. so you make it sound kind of bad but you at least hear it yeah. and with everything else you don't realize that you're missing a lot of the like key frequencies mm-hmm. that make you th- realize that that's a guitar <laughs> yeah but yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was just a learning moment for me. Um, and I appreciated Owl City for another extra bunch of months or years or whatever after that. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to really anything since about this era, but it's, I still enjoy every once in a while going back and listening to it because mm-hmm. they're just, the songs are good and, uh, whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. It's pleasant. Owl, Owl City is very, is a very pleasant artist to mm-hmm. listen to. Still, my only claim to any kind of fame is my band's Screamo cover of Fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about it. 
Uh, I still haven't heard that. Have you I not? I really want to. Yeah, I'll um, show it to you afterwards. It's not that great. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, a good workaround, if you are looking to enhance your guitar sound in a mix, is to buy a boost pedal. Hmm. They tend to help a lot. Um, or if you're like me, just buy 8 million pedals. Just, yeah, <laughs> and just then use all of them all the time. Pedals make things sound so great. I meant to bring that up earlier when I was talking about Pond. And this might be a, a discussion for a, a, a further time or future time. What do you? What are you guys' opinions on pedals to enhance a song? I, uh, I remember psych rock in general can't happen without pedals. <laughs> it just can't. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, uh, without like flangers, phasers, and stuff, it's not psych rock at that point. I mean, it's similarly, like post rock. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, there's some genres that just yeah. post rock is psych rock without all the pedals. <laughs> well, well, no, post rock is is psych rock without flanger. It, it's it's. A Bump very similar kind of thing, but you get delays and reverbs instead of, flan- instead of flangers and phasers. And phasers. Yeah. Like there's a lot of different brands of of rock and roll that the main key difference is the kind of effects that they have on the guitar or the kind of effects right. that they put on stuff. I read I read something a while back and I can't remember where, what it was, but it was a quote that really stuck with me, and it was by like a, a very well known musician. And the musician said like Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah, that's who it was. You're welcome. Said uh, <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach said. Uh, if if you can't write a song without pedals, then it's not a good song. So, uh, which I, I don't know. I honestly don't know who said it, but it kind of stuck with me. Like, man, is that true? Because no, so I, many I songs have like so many pedals, but, but like, can you play that same song just acoustic? You know, like uh, unplugged and like still have it. It depends be good? on what you mean by song, I guess. If yeah. it's like, if you mean like a commercial pop song with like i mean like that last song yeah you could play that with an acoustic guitar and sing it and it would still sound like a song it would be entirely different yeah but if at the same time if there were no vocals on that song then and it was just the music parts of it like the music part's still interesting but then without the vocals i think i think the the general i mean just the whole thing in general it's kind of ludicrous because it just depends on what you're going for if you want to play that said it's ludicrous yeah he's the one who said it but if you're trying to play post-rock and you don't have any sort of delay or any kind of reverb or any sort of overdrive you're gonna not play post rock. You're yeah. gonna be playing a mandolin, yeah, because it's gonna be a lot of like, <laughs> and it's not gonna sound like post rock. It's yeah. just gonna sound like, I don't know, you know, medieval era mandolin lute or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's you're not gonna end up sounding like that. Mm. So to say like it's not good if you can't play it without effects pedals it's just like shut up and just <laughs> deal with the fact that some people want to make sounds that you can't just make with a guitar mm. yeah. just get over it yeah i don't know i, I guess have a lot of thoughts about that <laughs> it's the age-old discussion of like you know how many how many items how many tools do you need to enhance yourself like enhance your sound before you can you know not say i'm a good musician I mean, like, I, I feel like that sometimes. If I'm yeah. work, if I have like three or four pedals going at once, which they sound great and they're super fun, but you know, if I got like a boost pedal and a reverb pedal and like, you know, a phaser going, and I'm playing a certain riff, I'm like, I know this would sound like hot mm. garbage <laughs> if it didn't have all this stuff going on, but it sounds so cool like this. I mean, maybe it's an exercise, you know, like, hey, try like write stuff without it and then add stuff in. Like, cool, that's that's mm. something to do. But at the same time, yeah, that's not to say. I don't know if you can't build a car without it having all these like a wheel and all this stuff. It's not if even you a real can't car. Can't build a car without a crescent wrench. You're not really building a car. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So it's. Yeah. I mean, and 
I think it's more one of those things where like for somebody who really like can't do anything musically without a bunch of pedals or whatever mm-hmm. yeah maybe there's an argument there where you're relying on those yeah, things rather using than it as using a crutch them. like singers who use auto-tune to cover up for their bad voice right <laughs> there's a yeah no there's a huge difference between like using auto-tune as a melodic element like right. that owl city song right. that we just listened yeah. to where it's like <laughs> really heavy-handed auto-tune. Yeah. There's a difference between that and somebody touching up vocals because the person couldn't hit right. hardly any of the notes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I.e. any musical that's come out in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. With a big star. Uh, yeah, so speaking of that Owl City song, and I think uh, a couple of the other things that we've been talking about are Ear Candy covering up for space. Um, and that's something that's always bothered me in, in more songs than it has you know pleased me, I guess. I, I like a good amount of space in a song. I like when a song can breathe, and that doesn't mean it has to be a slow song or an empty song, uh, but I think if you know how to mix well and orchestrate well, you don't necessarily need to cover up with with some some extra frills. Yeah, totally. Um, and again, that's not to say that that's, that's a bad thing. I mean, a lot of times it's not. It, and that, like that, do-do, you know, yeah. <laughs> Bastille songs is is great and it's really fun to listen to. Or that Owl City song being like huge and explosive and a wall of sound is really really cool. And that song wouldn't work as well if it if it didn't have all those elements in it. But uh, that being said, I really do appreciate when a band or an artist can take just the bare bones essentially of a song and still make it sound full and and so good. And this is leading into my next one. Um, I, I'm going to go a little dad rock for you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I brought forward some old school. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're my not parents, oh, I was Skyping my parents, by the way, after, since last week's episode. Mm. And, my, and my mom was like, so dad rock, huh? Like what? <laughs> exactly. And I was like, hmm. I uh, that's that doesn't mean like my dad like my dad doesn't listen to Ted Rock. <laughs> right, right, She's right, like, right. okay, just wanted yeah. to check. I was like, yeah, no, no, that's a, just a really general term. <laughs> yeah, a general term for like classic rock or like uh, I guess maybe branching into butt rock. It can, yeah. but like I think butt rock and dad rock are two different things. But yeah. um, depends on the dad. <laughs> it depends yeah, on the fair. dad. It really depends on the dad. Um, but yeah, I I, I brought forward uh. A bands who I guess I never really got into when I was younger. Um, but I, I think this is, they're not one of the best bands ever, but they are one of the most important bands ever. And it's because these guys produced absolute gold in the studio. Uh, they, they are some of the, like, they're super talented musicians, but they are some of the best producers and mixers you will ever hear. And that's that was my opinion of Ear Candy. This is Steely Dan. Ah, yeah. Yep. And uh, that, that kind of rounds back to audio engineering. I guarantee you guys learn about Steely Dan, at 100%. least in some John context. Hill, the yeah. guy who got the Grammy teacher dude, mm-hmm. loves Steely Dan. Like, every opportunity, he'd be like, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna... I've <laughs> never have... met an engineer that doesn't love Steely Dan. Yeah, it was... Uh, I had him for critical listening. Did you take critical listening? I didn't have it with him. I did. Okay. Have, yeah, that's one of the required courses. Yeah, I that's right. With somebody else. <laughs> and, like... Every once in a while, we would t- we would do an exercise that was something along the lines of like you listen to it and then you like kind of chart out on a piece of paper like where different elements sit in the mm-hmm. mix and like like the snares, this you know like that kind of stuff. Sure. And like every other ep- episode example <laughs> was Steely Dan because he just friggin' loved it. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, and and that's super common. Yeah. I mean, uh, I growing up, I wasn't ever 
interested in how a song was mixed or why it sounded the way it did or mm. how it got like that. I, I mean, I was so stupid. I just thought, like, that's just what <laughs> they recorded. So stupid. <laughs> like, there was no mixing involved in this at all because that's just what the guitar amp sounded like. That's mm-hmm. just what the drums sounded like. Just put any microphone to any drum set and you'll get this beautiful sound. Uh But no, uh, Steely Dan was a a band who seriously took their time in the studio. And I mean, they they have a lot of music, but you can tell that, uh, you know, they, they, they took so much time and care into every single song that they ever recorded. So I'm going to play a little bit of a song called Black Cow. Uh, And I, yeah, this song is completely spacious. And, and this was, uh, a bit of ear candy to me because it was so sparse but hmm. so well produced that like every uh, there's not an element to the song that I don't love like you'll hear the clav going uh, and just doing like a very simple bass line and then the drums are so simplistic but they're just they're so on hmm. time and, and so crispy and it just it just like warms you to hear <laughs> and you're like ooh yeah <laughs> yeah I'm very excited now Phrase to emphasize. <laughs> you I, okay, I will say, like, I would definitely call the the reverb on that. Mm. Like, I would definitely call that your candy. Yeah, because it's it's being used as an element too. It's not just like because I feel like a lot of times, and I do this, I'm just like, well, I need reverb on these vocals to make it sound more full and full. Mm-hmm. like you know resonant and blah blah blah. But in that case, because of the space, it's like you have. Well, and because yeah, of the space whatever. and the fact that everything else is super dry. Right. Those yes. drums were so dry. Mm-hmm. And like it works super well. Yeah. I'm not complaining. But it they were just super crispy. I mean they're 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 like disco drums. I mean yeah. they're right and I mean this came out in seventy seven, I think, so it was like the height of the disco era, so everything sounded like disco. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah, I think I, I, I always love the combination of a super dry mix with a wet vocal. Yeah. And that's so hard to do. Like to get that reverb just right in any vocal is so tricky and I, I know I do it I overdo uh, reverb way too much all the time it's and really sometimes easy I to underdo do. it and yeah uh, and some bands just rely so heavily on, on reverb to the point where looking at you annoying. Fleet Foxes looking <laughs> at you Fleet Foxes I like Fleet Foxes a lot and their reverb is like part of their sound at right. this point mm-hmm. but yeah good god you know no, when you're listening to them because it's an echo chamber yeah and it, like yeah when the band just sounds like they're playing in a huge tunnel yeah uh, <laughs> and they don't need to because no band ever needs to sound like that, but <laughs> yeah, and nothing against Fleet Foxes, but no, it's yeah, super apparent. Yeah, um, but yeah, Steely Dan again is just one of those bands that they perfected like every element of every song. Everything sits in the mix so perfectly that there's really nothing you can say that's like, well, I kind of wish the guitar was a little <laughs> more. Like, no, I mean, it's it's just I've never heard a band that that does it better that has such a clean mix. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's not the most entertaining yeah. or prolific song ever written but it is i think one of the best produced sounds that i've yeah. ever heard and yeah. that to me is ear candy yeah so. it sounds super good it just sounds like the instruments and it doesn't sound like 
you know, they were recorded a really long time ago in a really big room, and you can kind of like not really hear everything that's going. It just sounds like they're playing kind of right. And in front that's of you. effortless, yeah. too. And that's something I just really appreciate because I honestly, there's a lot of music that I, that I didn't listen to back in the day or didn't grow up on and I wouldn't go back and listen to now mm-hmm. because it's it just feels so dated like the recordings yeah, sure. just feel like again I mean we've talked about how like I don't really like Jack White type stuff because yeah. it's just really dry rock and so even if the songs are good which I don't particularly care about blues oriented stuff that much in the first place but the production of it is also in the opposite direction of what I enjoy mm-hmm. but listening to Steely Dan it's always like alright this isn't necessarily music that I really care about the songs but I can really get with the recording pretty yeah. much every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's this. I feel the exact same way. Like I, I've never really been a huge fan of their songs. Like their song writing is good. Everything about them is good as I mean, they're a classic rock band, but you know, it's just one of those bands I could sit there and study the, the mixes for hours and just wonder, like yeah. just sit in amazement, you know, how do they do this? And how does it sound yeah. so timeless and yep. effortless? Everything sounds like the instrument that it is without yeah. any, extra frills yep so yeah yeah cool um for my second one i went with a song that i have played on the podcast before but in (laughs) an entirely different context um so this is an animals as leaders song called ectogenesis and so this this part is mostly a very like rhythmic heavy part and as a lot of their music is uh tosin and javier both do this double thumbing technique that doesn't have a ton of pitch to it it's just kind of a low thump because the on the eight strings it really does just kind of turn into a like thunk. uh but they do sort of like a mix of a classical double th- or it's a mix of a classical technique and like a bass technique because they're double thumbing and using their fingers to create this kind of like clicky sound on both of their guitars and so they both are playing this pattern um of a rhythm that is really complicated and very complex and there's not really any pitch to it and so instead of just leaving it at that they kind of have this very high part that plays over top of it. Mm. So you have like one section that you're going to listen to that's going to have Tosin doing some sweeping stuff and Javier playing the rhythm, that thumping part. And then the next section is both of them doing the thumping part with the drums like really mirroring that. And there's just this really high pitched, kind of low. <laughs> that is pretty much the only like major pitch of that section but it makes the whole thing for me like it's just this nice little tickle over like the really heavy thumping that's going on and it makes me really happy and so yeah this is ectogenesis Yeah, it's yeah. very hard to hear. <laughs> I wonder, I, I mean, having, like, I've listened to this song before, but I haven't paid attention to it. Mm. Is it just the harmonics, perhaps, of, like... No, I think it's, like, an electronic part that they've it? got okay. really high up in there. Because it moves, like, they're just sitting on yeah. one place, like, pretty much muting the strings right. for the most part. They might have a harmonic, but the rhythm that they're playing would not allow them to do that, right. necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it is very hard to hear. Yeah. But it's just this, sort of like... No, 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 no,
Yeah, and so this just, is the part you want to put your headphones on. Yeah, for, yeah rewind about very, thirty seconds. If you can, just like mute everything else in your yeah. life for a second and listen to that again. It it really does help. But that little line on top of the really heavy like drop of everything else melodically and kind of like harmonically just makes me really happy it makes that part feel a little bit more full just because there's something other than just the rhythm that they're playing yeah Yeah. and it suggests that other things are still yet to come too Mm -hmm. i don't know like that's a big thing in songs is like if it feels like all right and we're winding it down too early then you're kind of like well what's what's going on here so having something else kind of teasing like Mm. don't worry just hang in there we're going somewhere (laughs) yeah I don't know, as, as someone who's never heard that song, or maybe I, I might I might have heard that before, but I've never yeah. paid, paid close attention to yeah, it. Yeah. I was so focused in the just that rhythm, that I mean, crazy that was, rhythm, that was yeah. nuts. <laughs> just knowing that there's like I mean that that wacky kick drum going on <laughs> yeah. there. It's like I don't I didn't even know what was going on, but I really you thought really Meshuggah was something. <laughs> I just picture like, for this. a bunch <laughs> of. Legos like clicking together and stacking really high as that's happening and it just makes me so so happy. They've got a live video that Dunlop did that's like three of their songs and they play this one and it's wild watching them do it because they're not very exciting to watch live because they don't like jump around or anything Mm -hmm. but it's exciting to watch because of how clean they can play that crap yeah because it's very complex and they just nail it every time and it's just like Mm -hmm. gosh man you guys are way too good at guitar (laughs) man uh moving to my last one this one is a bit of a different angle um i actually hadn't thought of it until matt you and i were talking earlier today and you mentioned, I don't even remember whatever you said, but like, yeah, thinking about just like cool parts of songs or something mm. like that. Um, so this, instead of it being ear candy to where it's like an extra uh, like musical part on top of some, something else, this is a, an example of something that like way before we started the podcast, I remember hearing this and I think this might've been around the same time that Cole, Matthew Penfound and I were working on maybe doing the other podcast mm-hmm. that had all of mm-hmm. one episode and then <laughs> never did anything. Um, but I remember thinking like, this part's really cool and I want to show it off somewhere. Uh, and I feel like it fits pretty well here. So it's, it's the song lady blue by acidies burn on their album, hell or high water. And I just, I'd listened to this song a trillion times. That's not uh, not the truth. That's uh, way too many. I'd listened to this song a lot of times since it came out in 2009. And then like in 2015, I remember I was working at Flood Bum said McCrady McCarthy. Um, Oop, there you go. Excuse you? I, yes, you're welcome. I was working there and I was walking around listening cool to place. this song as I was doing some work. And just noticed this like one little part that happened. It's like a little turnaround kind of bit or whatever. It's like two bars or really short hmm. and i was like oh man that's great oh and it stopped that's it that's as long as they do that part for <laughs> and it was like really kind of sad because i was like i really like that so it's um it just goes in like the turnaround bit is kind of like a halftime little thing it's coming out of the eh, chorus ish the song's not super verse chorusy, but it's coming out of the chorus kind of thing and going into not a guitar solo, but something sort of like that. Um, just the next part. And I just wanted it to do like this bit longer. And I feel like that's something to be said about Ear Candy too. is mm. something that you wa- kind of want to be more prominent because it's cool, but it's just not. And 
that's something in general I feel like with songs or with a lot of things like leaving people wanting more is such a big deal whether it's in live shows like I can't I loved playing in my band in college but I could not stand that everybody else was like let's play like 20 songs and I'm like guys let's play three make them want Mm -hmm. more and also our songs were 10 minutes long so let's play three (laughs) well but also every other band at that show is also like we're gonna play eight songs nobody knows any of our songs they're all 10 minutes long but we're gonna play eight of them (laughs) and there's gonna be eight bands after us Uh so we're all gonna be here until 3 a.m. yep and I just like I wanted people to leave with a you know happy taste in their mouth of like oh that band they were awesome and I actually would have wanted some more of that instead of, you know, getting sick of it. So this is kind of the, you know, turnaround equivalent of that in this song. Um, so, yeah, I'll go ahead and play it. It's it, it'll be hard to describe ahead of time exactly which part it is, but it'll be there's kind of like a bow down, like a hit thing. And that's the part that I'm talking about. <laughs> when I It's not yeah. super like showing it now. It's still probably still not that obvious or whatever. I don't know. But they're and then they just go back. And that's it. Yeah. And specifically, I think I really like that. Yeah. That bit, which I mean, there's other actual your candy going on in the back. Like they're in the round and round part. That really high synth is kind of doing a little asynth there. Yeah, and so like all that stuff is great, but man, I I kind of hate that I noticed this part because I really like it and it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. So, uh, but again, it always leaves me wanting more, and so I feel like that's something that's it's a it's structurally your candy rather than production your candy or something like that. So it's not mm-hmm. something that I've ever implemented into songs, at least intentionally. So maybe I'll I'll think about doing that. It makes you wonder, did they do that intentionally? Obviously, that rhythm is intentional, but you right. know, was that something that they were like, was it something that was planned out in advance? Like, we're going to do a really short thing that's yeah. not going to make a lot of sense, but then we're going to completely ignore it like it I never mean, happened. I <laughs> wonder if it's more functional where they, like, don't know how the to guitarist, get from point A to point B. Right, exactly, right. where the guitarist right. was like, I, I know I want to point, want to go into the next bit, but they were like, all right, but coming out of this, like, that doesn't quite sound right. We want to just, do a something, yeah. <laughs> and, they did a something. Yeah. Yeah. and that was it that's interesting that's all she wrote have you, gonna, have you guys noticed that like i'm pretty sure everything that we've talked about tonight has involved digital instrumentation of some kind <laughs> like synthesizers I t- i'm telling you electronic music was made for ear candy yeah <laughs> or ear candy was made i mean for electronic. I, th- yeah. I guess part of that is just the fact that um i don't know goat rodeo sessions for example is like you know four guys that are doing some crazy stuff, but there's only four of them. And mm-hmm. you can't be more than four of them without being more than four of them. Is it all that to say? You just said some words. Oh, I, I <laughs> you can't be more than four <laughs> if you're not more than four. So all, the, all that to say, all their parts are going to end up being fairly prominent. Yeah. Because yeah. that's just kind of the nature of it. And so I feel like in a, in a standard band, besides something like... I mean, obviously, classical music has got ear candy out the wazoo, you know, little stuff or mm. um, Sufjan in his, you know, uh, Illinois stuff or 
whatever. Like there's a lot of those songs for sure, or bands that have kind of big band opportunities mm-hmm. to where they can afford to sprinkle like larger orchestration. Yeah. Exactly. Like they can afford to sprinkle stuff in there. But a lot of times I feel like if you're trying to go for, Unless you're doing what I did in high school, where I just added, you know, nine guitars, even though there's only one of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, for the most part, people will try to stick, I think, to their own mm-hmm. actual setup, in which case everybody wants to be a little bit prominent. So mm-hmm. it just is easy to do in electronic music, but there's room for it in other kinds of music oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it's it's an unfair thought of mine, but I do... I. I don't like it traditionally when when bands who are comprised of two or three or four people go in the studio and record like fifty guitar tracks and vocal tracks. Yep. Looking at you, Queen. I love Queen. <laughs> I love Queen, but it's always bothered me that like yeah. it takes thirty two vocal tracks to get you know the song the way that they wanted to. I it's guess like, it's a question of you guys, especially for a touring band. Mm-hmm. I think that's especially true for like I kind of came to grips with it for myself at some point where I was like, I don't play shows like ever. So I can, I can do, you know, yeah. writing metal or whatever. I can just go ahead and do it. And who really cares? Cause all there, all anyone would ever hear is the recording of it. So like might as well make the recording sound fun. But then, yeah, if I ever had to play that stuff live, yeah. it'd be like, best of luck. It's going to be really boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But no, I, I'm totally with you. Wow. There's a party going on downstairs. <laughs> Yep, some. I hope nice that I hope that got picked up. Yeah, I don't know. My wife was hanging out with a friend, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if they got really excited apparently. or there was a spider. Or They're watching. Maybe yeah. a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of both. Watching scary movies. Oh, that sounds not at all like my wife. <laughs> scary movie two, starring Anna Faris. <laughs> Wait, really? Jeez. I don't know. Oh, I don't have any idea. <laughs> yes, I telepathically. <laughs> Looked downstairs. Oh no, no, no. I didn't mean that they were watching that. But does Scary Movie Two have Anna Faris in it? Yeah, she's in like all of them. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> she's like the star. I haven't of the seen movies. them. Never mind. I've seen Scream though, and Scream is really good. Mm, yeah, that's all. Uh huh. It is. The end. Can we switch this to a horror horror movie uh, fan cast? I, I just finished all the things I know about horror enough, movies. Yeah, I've only seen like two or three in my life. All the more reason so. to do it. We just <laughs> assume everything about all the horror movies. Yeah, it's so like about this that. is what I assume happens in this yeah. movie. You can tell me if I'm right or not. Uh, probably people. My die. favorite part about Leprechaun Four: Revenge of the Leprechaun. <laughs> leprechaun Four: Revenge of the Four Leprechauns. Of the leprechaun. oh, now there's four of them. That's what it's. That's the subtitle. <laughs> now there's four of them <laughs> with the apostrophe then, e m and everything, <laughs> and just an emoji rolling its eyes. Like, <laughs> now there's four of them. Even the producers of this movie I, were tired of it. Now yeah. there's four of them. Just <laughs> <laughs> like a little pot of gold emoji at the end. They're uh, magically malicious. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Bravo. Uh, oh, can that be the title of this episode? That was very, very if good. If you're going to leave any of that in, that's the only part that it's... Yeah, I'm going to leave all that in. Who cares? Great. Yep. I didn't write down the timestamp, so I can't afford to do anything else That's now. where we're at. Okay, my last one. Do you yeah. have one more? Yeah, I do have one okay. more. My last one. I'll be quick. Uh, you've been sitting here listening to this whole thing, and I know you've been wondering, when are they going to talk about something that they've talked about a million times on this show? Well, this is it right here. Hey, right now? Yeah. Oh, no way. So for my third and final one, I'm going to talk about Bonnie Bear. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I thought about it. Yeah, yeah I did too. I yeah. There's yeah. just a lot of opportunity Ooh, there. So when you much. said the thing about large bands, I was like, yep. That's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and there were a couple obvious picks that I could have gone with, obviously. Um, 
for the obviousness, and <laughs> I decided to obviously not pick those. Uh, but I don't know, maybe it's obvious. The album that the most recent album by Bonnie Bear, uh, 22 A Million, had to me just chock full of ear candy. Uh, just so many little bits in it True that, that. That, that made each song like so unique and, and wacky in a way that like mm-hmm. I there there are a lot of songs on this album that don't sound like any song I've ever heard before. It's because they're they're not traditional in mm-hmm. any any sense. Uh, and one that really stuck out to me for a couple of reasons was the song Forty Five. Or unless you want to call it like underscore 45 underscore. Uh, <laughs> but it's like three underscores. Yeah. And then three more underscores. Yeah. So this song is all vocals and uh, saxophone. And uh, mm. there's some delicious uh, saxophone harmonies going on throughout mm. this song uh, that, again, don't really follow any sort of tradition. Uh, and they're, they're just these luscious harmonies of saxophone going on behind the vocals. And then in the middle of the song, which is what you're going to hear, uh, the vocals kind of drop out and then the saxophones just go for a little bit. And again, this is another very spacious song. So they do a little thing and then there's just dead silence. And then they do another little thing and there's just dead silence. Um, which is just crazy i don't know just to just to think that like a song like that would be on an album (laughs) and that anybody would think "Hmm, yeah people will like this and then that he would also play that live yeah exactly work (laughs) um but the reason that i really really enjoyed this this particular bit is because you can hear again you have to listen closely kind of like uh in the last couple but you have to listen closely for it but you can hear the individual buttons being pressed on the saxophones mm, and just that the mechanical went, sound just, of them. Yeah, like those those complete and... mechanical sounds uh, coming through. And it when I first heard this song, it was just an immediate burst of nostalgia. Like because I used to play saxophone and yeah. I just remember like hitting those buttons and like the just like you know hearing the pads hit and backs. everything like that. Yeah, flutter. And I mean, I had never heard that in an actual song before, let alone you know. a pop song or yep. whatever kind of song you want to call this. Uh, so that just immediately took me back along with just the beautiful, like luscious uh, parts going on here. The harmonies. If Listen you want to, call to them. the sax part in Copeland's song world turn. I think I brought it up at some point before in the interesting instruments in songs or whatever. Same mm. thing there where there's even like bits where you, he's like breathing before he's like, mm. Yeah, you yeah. know, like just that little like harmonics that happens. So intimate, and it sounds so authentic, cool. and yeah, like, goodness, it just feels right there. I mean, it, so honestly, warm. if you're listening to to a song like that with just a good pair of headphones on, it just feels like whoever's playing that saxophone is right there next to you. Hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, here's here's that song. Forty-five. Man alive. <laughs> Just some, some good little bits there. I mean, and it like that's a bold move to leave that much silence in a song because I I don't know I think there are some songs where it gets awkward to have you know just those long drawn out moments in in the song of just mm-hmm. nothing going on but you know in a song like this letting it breathe like that is you know it just makes the 
the moments that you don't you don't have any idea what to expect next. Like you don't know what's coming. It might be more saxophone. It might be more vocals. It's just there's there's so many moments where it just stops that you're just waiting for the next thing. But when you get that thing, it's it's all about the payoff. I think and, songs like this are for the exact opposite purpose of what we're doing right now in the sense that (laughs) like a lot of music is for sharing and for like, or not for sharing, but like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, like artists would be particularly happy. Like they would want you to be able to be like, Hey, show this song to your friend. Whereas this one is something where I could see if, if you're not like feeling the way that, I mean, obviously you Mm -hmm. feel, and I, you know, feel about a lot of this kind of music. Um, you'd feel uncomfortable showing that to somebody else. And like, I yeah. remember, well, because it's so much more of a, like an experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's more of something that you, you sit down yep. and you either have like nice headphones or you listen to it, you know, through some speakers and you just like sit mm-hmm. and enjoy the moment and yeah. listen to it. And it's an experience rather than Background check out this stuff. hype track. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. we're going to listen like, to you. while we play this in the car yeah. on yeah. Friday afternoon, driving home. Yep. And Unless like, you're just wanting to get sad on your yeah. way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get sad. Like I, so when, uh, the punch brothers newest album came out all ashore back a couple of months ago or whenever that was, uh, and I was hanging out with my friend Mitch and we were driving back and I was like, Hey, let's check out this album. And I put on the first song and it's very, it's not like this in genre wise at all, but similar kind of like intimacy sort of thing where it's very, like it's a long song. It's kind of a slow build. And it's not hype. It's not hype <laughs> at all. And like, if it weren't Mitch or another couple of like good friends that I was just comfortable sitting in space with, and it's like, we're just next to each other doing you know doing mm-hmm. our own thing yeah um enjoying this or something like that i would have felt a lot more uncomfortable hands. what yeah. then you reach over and <laughs> touch hands Sneak we're here together in moments. <laughs> yeah so it's there's and i i mean that's like if music could only be one thing to me it would probably be that <laughs> like just music mm-hmm. that's really intimate and that i feel like i'm a part of this right now and yeah <laughs> yeah honestly this is not the kind of album that i'm i was like willing or like jumping to share with people like right. oh you gotta hear this new album uh-huh. no, no it was just yeah well and i just don't know a ton me. of people who are really into kind of the weird brand of this no it's and, funny because i remember i talked to uh our friend elijah longwell after this album came out. I didn't. I didn't know it came out or something like that. And he was telling me about it. He was like, "Yeah, but if you had a new album, it's kind of weird." And <laughs> like, I don't really know what I think. But that kind of thing that we just listened mm-hmm. to was kind of what I've come to expect, feeling wise from mm-hmm. if, from his music. And uh, man, especially the Bon Iver, the self titled album is just oh, like super, oh, yeah, gets yeah. you right in the feels. Just yeah. the whole the whole time. Well, all this stuff, really. And so when I was listening to it, I was like, no, this isn't weird at all. This is exactly what I was anticipating that it would be in a lot of regards. If you listen to Volcano Choir, right, like after the self titled album came Mm -hmm. out, and then he put out Volcano Choir, which was him with like this other group of people, Mm -hmm. it's way buck wild. It's like, what the crap am I listening (laughs) to at some of these points? Because it's just like hard dissonance and like Mm -hmm. clanging noises. Like there was, because I, I bought it on vinyl at one point and I hadn't listened to it at all. And so I was listening to it while I was like working on an assignment or doing something. (laughs) And at one point I just like sat up and was like, what the hell am I listening to? Like, I don't know what this is. Cause I was, I like, I had listened to for Emma and I knew like Mm -hmm. at that point the self-titled album had come out. And so like, I was very familiar with his works and that was just totally out of left field. (laughs) Yeah. It was wild. But if you had listened to that in between, this one it did not seem as weird in comparison and made a lot of sense like why he went that direction because it's 
just the direction that he had been moving in. Right. And he'd even like taken a step backwards to <laughs> like sit in that for a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last thing uh, is completely different from that, and it's not a super intimate thing, but it is a thing by a band called Caspian. Um, ah. They are a pretty heavy post-rock band that is pretty well known for just being horrifically loud. Um, <laughs> and I say horrifically in the best way. Um, but they are three guitarists, a bass player, a drummer, and sometimes they'll have somebody like a guest from one of the bands we're touring with come in and like sing one song or something, or they'll have some like random other instrumentation that happens, some like percussion that one of the guitar players will play in loop and mm-hmm. through one of their microphones or something before they start playing guitar or something like that. Um, specifically, I wanted to talk about the song Dark Field, um, which is a song off their album Dust and Disquiet. And this is fairly, I guess, it feels to me like it's towards the beginning of the song but it's actually like halfway through because it has a really long build up to the full instrumentation um but this is one of the earlier parts of the song like as a whole and the guitar players have been playing these were like really swoopy lines leading up to this but then uh, the bass part comes in with a really like chunky riff that it's playing and the guitar players take those lines that they looped beforehand and they start playing them in reverse and some like half speed kind of stuff so they sound really garbled and it's kind of hard to tell that they're the guitar parts from before Um, and those are center stage for like a couple brief moments of the song and then they go into a bigger section where they're all playing other stuff and they just kind of let those reverse parts go in the background and so just kind of above everything you'll just hear these little like crazy high-pitched noises that kind of happen over everything i really like high-pitched random noises and is what we're learning because like, yeah. i mean sometimes with stuff like that they'll just keep getting more and more like off time and not yeah really anything. right is it that yeah. kind of a thing yeah cool yeah it's it's just texture it's not even like a yeah. it, they're not fitting well with the yeah. bars or anything it's mm-hmm. just noise that's happening and kind yeah. of propagating so we can listen to it. i like textures all the textures all the chunkies yeah i'm really excited because i like them a lot and they've got a a really good kxp video where they just like they play that song and a few others and they just get really rambunctious Mm -hmm. um but i'm super excited because minus the bear for their like farewell tour is coming is actually coming to nashville holy crap (laughs) uh for once so i'm gonna get to see minus the bear for the first time on their farewell, farewell tour, probably the last. Time. <laughs> and pro- yeah, for yeah, that's hundred percent why I bought tickets. I was like, well, a, they're actually coming to Nashville. B, it's probably the last time I'll ever have a chance to see them. That said, though, the number of bands that haven't done reunion shows at this point, and like, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Maybe that won't be a trend anymore by the yeah, time. I don't know. But and Minus the Bear doesn't really strike me as the kind of band that would do that. But I mean, they may, yeah. and I'll be happy about it either way. But yeah. they're playing at Third and Lindsley. And they're coming with Caspian. So nice. I was like, nice. I want to go see this so bad. <laughs> when, when is that? Uh, it's in October. So it's like October uh, 8th or 9th or something. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I will I'd definitely be, be there. So <laughs> if you want to go check go. out some really cool, weird Ooh. music. <laughs> yeah. 
that yeah. weekend, Ashley's seen Childish Gambino on the 12th. Oh, dang. Oh, shoot. That was that was That's a birthday present. Nice. Oh, wait, are you going to that too? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Nice. Yep. I will not be there, but Ashley and Lily, who she's hanging out with right now, uh-huh. are both going to be there. Um, and then two days later, I'm going to see Thrice. And nice. then Ashley really wanted to see 21 Pilots the <laughs> next Tuesday, but it's Murphy pretty much sold out. Murphy will be expensive. at that show, actually. Uh, you said Will? I think he will, yeah. yeah. Probably. He's about to go out with them again. Yeah. So. Hmm. Man, fun times. Um, so many musics. I so know. Much musics. Like right around that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, Iron and Wine is going to be at the Ryman in November. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to try and go. To, I don't know. It might be right you around the time we're really sad. I just feel like the Ryman would be a great place to oh, see yeah. him. You Absolutely. Know, and I, I think last time he came, he did like requests. Oh, that's uh, fun. Which is Do you awesome. have any recommendations where to start with Iron and Wine? And before I finish that question... No, oh, sure, whatever. Any request, any recommendations where to start with Iron and Wine? I think Around the Well is a really good mm, cool. place to start. It's a really long, like, two-part album, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of really good tracks, like uh, Communion Cups and Somebody's, Someone's Coat is super good. It's really simple, but just mm. like a quick, I'd nice say, guitar part and song. Uh, is, it, is it the first album that has Upward Over the Mountain on it? I can't remember. It's, I don't know. It's one of those. Because I think albums, my impression, coin or something, uh, or what is the name? Like of song? when, uh, whenever I first tried to listen to him, I think I, my sister had like a billion albums of his mm-hmm. that I put all of them on my computer and was like, ah, I don't know what any of this is. And like yeah. bits and stuff that I'd listened to were just really, I mean. like very intimate and all that but also very slow and like didn't really feel like it was going anywhere Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and so i don't know if that's he's just a lyrically driven artist Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of his stuff is very four chord and i do care a whole lot about lyrics (laughs) i don't know know. he's got interesting guitar parts sometimes he kind of falls into that like Ben Howard category for right. me sometimes See, where ben he'll Howard, play in like interesting like, tunings and stuff. Okay. But nice. Ben Howard has like a, a different like way that he builds songs yeah. and has like a very emotive Which voice. Matters to me. <laughs> now, Iron Wine doesn't always have necessarily. Um, yeah. I think it tends but, to be more lo-fi than Ben mm-hmm. Howard too. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. If that's you don't like thing. lo-fi uh, production. Yeah. yeah no, I don't like it. <laughs> um, well, any last thoughts on Ear Candy as just out of curiosity? It's fun stuff. Or it's Iron a little bit wine. different to everybody. Or, or Iron, Iron Wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit in closing. It's a little bit different to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Apparently sure very different to the is. internet. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, yeah, don't try and find it online. Decide for yourself. You know, think for yourself, America. This is, <laughs> this is where we're at as a country. I don't know. Uh, that's what we think on Iron and Wine. So if you have... <laughs> If uh, if you like the episode, please go on iTunes and uh, rate it and review it and uh, let us know what you think. Um, you can find us on social media. We've been a little bit lax with social media presence just because social media sucks. It does. <laughs> it's not fun at all. But we're on there, so if you want to reach out to us, it would be uh, fun if people if people talk to us yeah, on there. It, it would yeah. be fun. If it was like an exchange of ideas, that would be a fun yep. a fun way to interact with people. Yep. Which I think is what social media was meant. <laughs> you mean doesn't... it wasn't meant to just be a platform for people to shout their ideas into the void? <laughs> oh no, no, that sounds right. That sounds no, right. Because I'm pretty that's sure that's what, what it is. is. That's definitely what it is. But it it, it could be something more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just need you to help us make it that, and we will change the internet together. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and uh, we're on the Podbean. Uh, we yeah we're we're gonna be doing episodes every week. Sorry about the uh, last week's episode got cut a little, a little bit, bit of short. Um, uh-huh. It was it was a little bit of a hiccup, but you didn't miss much. 
Um, it was bad. It was just really bad. <laughs> yeah. Just awful it was actually stuff, deliberately cut out because it was just so bad. It was, I, I sweared just 18 million times and Parker's computer sweared. said, nope. <laughs> yeah. So we don't, we don't like that talk around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully this one was a little better and you guys enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, I thought the last one was good, but yeah, yeah uh, I don't know what we'll be talking about next week. Hopefully something good, but if you have any um, recommendations, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, please. We'll please. talk about anything. And I mean anything. Whoa. 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 We'll talk about those tennis balls that you like hang by a chain and put up in your garage to get your car to go in the same spot every time. We'll talk about that. I Wait. didn't know where you were going with that at first, but I'm tracking with you now. I got you. I yeah. don't think I do. Some people will tie like tennis balls so they know mm-hmm. how far to pull into the garage. Gotcha. And then yep. it just barely touches the windshield. And okay. Like, okay. Okay. Far enough okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Okay. That could be okay. an interesting okay. prank move it back just a little bit oh, make them hit their water heater a really interesting prank or a way to make your significant other drive straight into your kitchen maybe to your enemy not your yeah. significant other yeah or somebody will just, just run into the wall and be like I haven't touched the tennis ball yet so I guess I'm not there I didn't know to not stop tennis balls are the truth yep uh, I think that's a good spot to end it yeah. tennis, tennis balls, balls are, are the truth good night everybody bye